Welcome to Morgan Latif Presents. I'm actually speaking to Puneet Jawar today, who is the general manager for the Global Spark Ignite business unit at Cummins. Uh, Puneet Jawar has grown through the ranks at uh, uh, Cummins and has seen many different environments and different business units within uh, the business, which has required him to have a strong leadership capability in multiple environments and also with a global perspective. And so we're digging into uh, those experiences and actually, interestingly, learning a lot from the mistakes that he made um, and uh, also uh, how he adapted to those environments and what he learned from those those challenges in order to become the leader that he is today. So I uh, hope you enjoy it and let's get into it. Great. So, Puneet, thank you so much. Uh, great for uh, for deciding to help us with the, the podcast, and and thank you so much for taking the time to do it. Um, really appreciate you being here. Obviously, um, so thank you for that. Thank um, you, Joe. Thank you for having having me on me, this one, and appreciate appreciate you taking the time to talk to me as well. Yeah, absolutely. We've we've obviously been in touch for a long time, and um, you know, every conversation I have with you is 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 really really productive, but also slightly inspiring as well when it comes to leadership and, and in general just what goes on in the market it's, it's super interesting um as well and and the theme of today obviously is is leadership um but before we get into that obviously i know you but uh, people uh, on, on linkedin and, and so on maybe don't know you so well so uh, could you just give us a very quick rundown of a little bit about your background and and kind of what you're doing at cummins and so on sure um again thanks for having me in it so um i've most of my life has been spent on commercial roles and been with Cummins for about 15 years now uh, in different varying roles, primarily on the on the business facing or on the customer facing. So uh, I've now been leading teams uh, for a fairly long time. So within the Cummins context, I I lead the entire Spark Ignited group for Cummins, which includes uh, the product lines of natural gas, propane and octane globally. Uh, and then I've got a fairly global team that sits across in different various and chart as well. But within the within the Cummins organization, I've led some of the bigger accounts uh, for them and also led some other smaller businesses before kind of growing to a global role. Um, prior to Cummins and outside of Cummins, I've got exposure with companies like MAN Diesel and Turbo, uh, which was based out of uh, the UK and in the European market. And then certainly, of course, uh, I have experience in Ingersoll Rand in, based out of India and some of the other geographical territories. So um, quite happy to be here. Um, I am an MBA from University of Leeds, so pretty much close to somewhere where you are, Joe. And yes. I am a mechanical engineer by my first degree, which is which seems like a really long way now. <laughs> so it's a pleasure <laughs> to be here again. Thank you. <laughs> no, absolutely. And Leeds University, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's many a great person that's come out of there. So anyone watching this from Leeds, you could definitely give us a like for plugging you for that. Um, but yeah, we're, obviously we want to talk about leadership and it's such a fascinating topic, something that I always want to talk about um, because it's, it's really, you know, the way that you're bringing up the future generation. It's the best way to get, uh, you know, the extra 10% out of your team. And, and and everyone has a lot of different schools of thought of how to do this, right? And it's it's interesting. Obviously, Cummins is a very well-known business, um, and and it's a company that is I'm sure got many uh, good leaders in it. Um, you know, even from from my life, I I've even noticed in my short career that there's certain people in my life that have have helped shape the way that I lead and manage a team. So yeah, I mean, obviously, the podcast is about leadership. Um, and yeah, we, one of the reasons we got on, you got on here because we wanted to 
to see, you know, about your leadership style. And also, you know, there's people even when I think about my own career, uh, people within my life that I, I know they've shaped the way that I lead people. Um, but from and from your perspective, you know, who um, most impacted your leadership style uh, in your career and why? Yeah, I think that's a that's a great question, Joel. And I think I've been <clears throat> a little bit fortunate um, in the fact that I've had a very, very diverse experience. Um, including that, like I said, I've worked in India, I've worked in the Middle East, I worked in Europe, I worked in the UK, worked in the US, worked in Japan a little bit. Mm. So I've had the opportunity to work with leaders which are from different geographies who've had a varying style, partially impacted by the countries that they've grown in, partially impacted by the cultures that they've mm -hmm. been worked in organizations. And so I've, I, I think I've been fortunate to absorb a lot of those things from different people. And then kind of morphosized into what I thought became my leadership style. But I think my journey has been also molded in a way by a lot of feedback. And I would say a lot of uh, constructive, positive feedback that I got from my peers. And then also from my from the teams that I've been leading. Because um, And I think it's, it's a blessing that they felt that I should learn a few things. And they were kind of open, candid, and honest about things that worked for them and things that didn't work for them. Mm. And so, um, so I think there's it's hard to pinpoint saying that there's one leader. So I, it's it, it'll be unfair on some of the others if I was to call out names. And I think there's a lot that I am grateful to for for this journey. But I'm mm. also grateful, in some way, shape, or form, to the leaders who were not that great, because in a way they taught me what <laughs> not to do. Because <laughs> I, because having worked for a person who was who kind of has had a very different leadership style, or maybe. And maybe I wasn't the right fit for that person, but I did learn things that that really don't gel with how the employees like it. Um, so so I think it's been a uh, again, I think it's you can learn something or the other mm. from each of the leaders. I would I would strongly recommend you take the good parts of it and what you don't like kind of figure mm. out a way of doing things differently. So sure. um, it's been a, it's been a long journey, but it's been fruitful and it's, uh, yeah. it's very fulfilling. Yeah, and I suppose I'm kind of digging deeper into that. I mean, you talk about learning off the leaders that maybe didn't do so well. Um, I mean, from your your perspective, you know, it's always a journey in the spirit of continuous improvement. Uh, when you look at your career, what failures did you experience as a leader that you think most shaped you uh, to be the kind of leader you are now? Yeah, it's um that that's an interesting question as well because um I I think as an as somebody who has a longer career, you certainly are going to have failures. And I think the the, 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 yeah, the good thing about that is if you learn from those failures, dust off and move on, it's it's a very rewarding journey at the end. Um, I, I think for me, the, the, the most, and I'm going to maybe give a different spin on that question, if it's okay with you, is um, the way I looked at my journey was that the transition from being an executor or somebody who was the doer of the things, mm -hmm. um, and more like an individual contributor. And I would, you know, go meet a customer, close a sales deal, or go lead a, a, a smaller account or whichever way it was. And then you transition from being the person who you were doing it to then being the person who's now leading a team. It, it's a very, it was a very difficult urge for me to, to not roll up my sleeves and dive in and say, right, here's how you got to do it. And <laughs> there are some team members who would appreciate that mostly broadly people don't appreciate getting micromanaged mm. and then uh, so for me that the transition on how do you 
from becoming a doer to becoming a leader and what are the elements that kind of go along with that i think our, our it was a was a was a learning journey mm-hmm. but again like i said i was i was grateful to the teams that i had because they were clear in articulating and helping understand what styles worked what they liked what they didn't like um and i think if you if you ever have a team like that which tells you things and gives you feedback constructive feedback positive or negative i think you should think about it as a blessing so for me that one one certainly was that and then i as i grew through the or through that um how how do you make sure that you take everybody along with you mm. and 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 start trusting the team and build that trust along the team so that you can share a broader level of of a strategy or a vision on where you're going to going to go um and i think i it took me a it was a learning journey again a curve for me as well and i'm grateful to the coaches and mentors that i've had over the period of time that have helped me kind of live through that life and then the third element <clears throat> for me is which um i think is often kind of overlooked is that as organizations become broader and complex leaders start looking at their own particular silos and i think one of the strengths that i've had and i i'm grateful again to the people who coached me on this one is to look beyond where your work is and sphere of influence and how do you use um and work around with with peers with colleagues and with extended teams to be able to kind of get get to where you want to be and and achieve the objectives one for the business for yourself and for the others as well so it's um yeah, the leadership my leadership leadership journey surely and clearly hasn't been without its failures and i'm mm-hmm. kind of grateful for those in a way and but also grateful that there was somebody when i had a failure to help coach me guide me but continue to take a risk on me as well so mm. um so i think those are the few things that i'd say about when you transition from being a doer to a leader yeah. be careful in mindset and and cognizant of what are the things that you were doing and what you shouldn't be doing as a leader yeah i think that's the it's the art of delegation isn't it you you sort of have to learn um especially because i think good leaders are people that lead from the front right and they they are people that are um that they know how to do the job um and and you know obviously you you'll have these sort of young up and comers that want to they probably have a similar level of hunger and drive that to do the job just as good as you but just through experience they still haven't made those mistakes yet to get you to the level that you're at um and it's almost giving them the opportunity to fail so they can learn so they can grow um and it's like like you said just there about you know you're grateful for the mentors that when you did fail they were able to to mold you and, and mentor you and also i suppose be patient with you until you got there um and that's a huge part of leadership what you were talking about there as well but it's it is that delegation element as well it's it's so hard to to let someone go and do it especially when you know they're not going to do it right <laughs> yeah and it's a uh, it it's easier said than done it's it's very easy to read in a textbook and say that delegate um but i think it's the delegation with making sure that the person that, that when you delegate the person is successfully doing it making sure that you you kind of quarterback them and it's a very us term i know but mm-hmm. kind of be with them and be, make sure that you've kind of got their back and supporting them in whatever they they're trying to accomplish and and be that right coach and guide so that they can lean on you for advice and bounce of ideas or whatever else you want to do mm, mm, exactly and it's been that example setter as well i someone uh, was a mentor of mine actually when i first uh went into management um earlier in my career and I was like young I was too young to be a manager really 22 years old um 
and but he he told me that uh, your team will do 200% of what you do wrong and only 50% of what you do right. Um, you know, and he's kind of like, wow, but it is, it is kind of that level. You're, you're setting the example um, of everything you do. Um, and uh, and then you you want to pass that down that knowledge. So uh, definitely, I think it's it's a it's a value to to allow people to fail, but also help them grow from that as well. I mean, I suppose that's a nice transition into the question that kind of popped into my mind just there as well. Was uh, you know you you've got this sort of generation of of young leaders. I'm sure you've got people in in your team that you're sort of looking at uh, to grow and and within the company. Um, and I suppose. A good question is what what advice would you give to aspiring leaders or, or even current leaders that are um, maybe in a growth mode? Uh, what advice would you give them uh, looking ahead? Um, it, I mean, one of the few things that I keep telling people is when I go back to my example that um, the reason I became a leader because somebody took a risk on me and thought that this was the right time for me to to, to kind of transition towards that. Mm-hmm. So I one of the things that I keep telling people is that take risks. It's it's okay. It's okay to fail. It's okay to, to 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 try and not be successful, but you'll learn something out of the way. But if you don't take risks, you'll never get there. Never know that. Um, the the other thing that I keep telling people is that be a great coach, be a great mentor to people, because um, the experiences that have shaped you are not necessarily by the experience same experiences that somebody else is going to get. Um, so while you're coaching people and mentoring people. Little do people realize that you're getting coached yourself as well in some way, shape, or form. So you're learning yeah. from somebody always. So keep an open mind. Keep uh, keep uh, keep keep learning. Keep making sure that you're trying to uh, grow along with people. And then the other thing that I keep telling people is that don't forget to identify a talent because I think in, in quite a lot of things, some people get intimidated that if you've got a team member who's exceptionally exceptionally talented, mm-hmm. so don't be afraid of it. it I mean, it's your job as a leader to make sure that that person gets the wings that he's, he or she is supposed to, and then help promote that those people in the team. And when I say promote, it doesn't necessarily mean you know raise up the hierarchy of that person. And test the people, give them more work, give them more responsibility, give them a broader level of things that they exposure that they may or may not have in the job. Mm. Involve them in projects that 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 are unique, different than their skill set might have. But so so goes back to the same point again, uh, Joel, is to say that take risks on people. Take risks. Mm. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to do it. It is hard to do it. But then if you take risks, have the courage to say that that whether it, that experiment failed or, be, or became successful. If it becomes successful, it's extremely rewarding to see the person grow. If it's not, in the end of it, you've learned something out of it as well. And it, it kind of mm, plays the mm. part in that leadership journey. So I, I think um, it's all about people in the end. It's, it's kind of making sure that that you've got to you've got to love people to be a great leader. And so don't don't be afraid to engage with people. It's the advice that I'll give them. Yeah, I think that is that is so true. Kind of you've like you say, got to love people to be a leader. You do because. Yes, you're a leader and there's always going to be good times in the sense of seeing them grow and develop. But with that, you also comes like all the issues of leading people as well. People have don't have perfect lives. So you've got to kind of be with them in the good times and the bad times and 
um, and and there'll be times where they're struggling, and, and and I'm sure there was there's times in your career where there was a mentor that's probably helped you to kind of grow um, in a situation where sometimes you probably didn't believe that you could do it, um, but because uh, that's your goal, right? As a leader, you've got to stretch people as much as possible to help them grow. It's just like anything. It's like when you're trying to build a muscle, you've got to stretch it. You're going to make it work. And it's the same sort of. Uh, concept so yeah 100 percent. i think that's is so interesting um and, and and finally i mean uh obviously we're in an, an an era where technology is just going crazy fast um and uh i just it's it blows my mind sometimes like of, of what we're trying to achieve or what we're achieving just now even as a as a, a as a as a world and uh, so what would what would you say is the most difficult part of being a leader in this sort of fast technology evolving era? Um, <clears throat> it's interesting because in the previous question, you made a little bit of reference to that as well, because um, you said that um, people have good days and bad days. And I think technology, with technology, you've now got people sitting across the world. You've got people sitting across different places. Well, somebody's working from home, somebody's working remotely, somebody's working from the office. And so, so the lives have become a lot more intertwined with work in some way, shape, or form. Um, I, I think that leadership as a journey is trying to figure out people, trying to lead people. It's it's always had its challenges, and I think um, technology kind of brings in a new element, which some 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 people have seen them, and we're still trying to figure out on where and what the right integration of technology with with all of this is. I think a few challenges that I continue to see with technology, and I, do, I don't think I have a perfect answer for that, and I don't think anybody else does as well, but uh, how do you how do you continue to give people the flexibility that they want of working from different places, but then how do you integrate you know, the teams together so that they're cohesive enough and they, we are innovating enough or we, we're kind of making the strides that you want to. Mm-hmm. It is a difficult one. It's a difficult one to balance, but it surely continues to pose a challenge. I think that the some of the more complex things is that with the new generation, they've got a different thought process on how they want to use technology and how they want how they want to be involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I continue to work and see that how do you integrate new members who are going to come into the organization and how do you make sure that they have because uh, organizations have a memory in some way, shape or form. How mm-hmm. do you make sure that people get integrated into the new organization? despite giving them the flexibility to say that you want to work from home, you want to work remotely, it is still, a organizations still have very people-oriented again. Right? Mm. So that's that's another challenge that I have. I think collaboration is has become more interesting mm. in, in, in the last few years. COVID certainly has put, a, put an accelerator to that one. We thought collaboration was only meant that if you, if you kind of all got together at the same place at the same location at the same time but now collaboration has a very different meaning to say that you could potentially be in different places and in different time zones and in different times of working and still be collaborative in terms of trying mm. to do that um so I think, and then the final thing that i think that worries me the most about technology and the integration of technology with all of this leadership is the burnout um mm. i think when um Traditionally, when people came to the office, it was a very, you know, you had a defined time of coming and a defined time of going out and you could mentally switch yourself off mm. and going even before that, when we, when we didn't, all of us didn't have laptops. 
and all of us didn't have cell phones as well. So it was very easy to kind of sh- you know, start a day, switch off a work day, and then be very, very personable to the, to the family. Mm. And then the laptop started creeping in, and now cell phones have creeped in. And now every single app that you use on your on your work um, desktop or laptop is pretty much replicated on the phone as well. So mm. how do you how do you kind of work with people and how do you work with them to say that you've got you've got to have a downtime and mm. your mind is a really big muscle and how do you make sure that you're kind of stopping yourself from working and then you're spending time with family, friends, whatever else you do during the, the social times that you have. That for me is the biggest challenge that the technology poses is that it's got so intertwined in our lives that even if you're trying to send a message to your friend then you've got this urge to say can i just open my email and see or you know, mm. can i just send a, a teams or a zoom message to somebody and that person will look at it when they look at it i think that's the in my mind that's the biggest challenge how do you solve that make sure that your teams continue to have the downtime but then also continue to perform their best yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that. Um, go to send a WhatsApp, and then I'm in the WhatsApp rabbit hole <laughs> of like calling, sending messages to clients or candidates, or or just in general responding to. I think the problem is as well. You're right; it's so integrated in general with your personal life because your laptop, you could just be checking your own emails, and then all of a sudden you're checking your work emails, and and before you know it, you're two hours down the line. <laughs> um, <laughs> But that's a real thing, burnout. You know, leadership. You don't. You don't think about. You think about how you, you say the collaboration element, which is crazy. And I think almost we are evolving our brains a little bit, even even to to this day on on how to do that um, and how to collaborate for remotely. But also there is a, a burnout element we have to be aware of as leaders. And you might get the you know an extra 20 percent out of your team for a time being, but then that all might disappear when they all uh, burn out basically and it's trying to keep tabs on that um as well i mean what do you do have you ha- have you experienced this before or is there something that you kind of are you're, you're sort of aware of what how do you how do you set up a structure to kind of deal with that it's interesting because i i hadn't realized that i did i i did quite a lot of that myself so i was guilty of it um but my it was funny because i got um, again, like I said, I'm going to go back to something I said. I was very lucky that I had a really nice set of team that I've always worked for. Um, I, I did a, I did a 360 on myself um, a while back, and um, the feedback that I got from the team was that um, that I'll take on more and I'll continue to push myself and work odd hours. But then I turn around and I push my team to say that they've got to switch off, mm. <laughs> and so it was a. It was a very controversial message to what I was doing versus what I was asking my team to do. And mm-hmm. I think I kind of felt guilty of asking my team to work at all does, but I didn't feel guilty of myself doing it, mm-hmm. um, which was, but I think I was extremely articulate about it. And I was, and I kept saying about it to say that I don't want you guys doing this because I, I was conscious that I did it. So I, I and it's a, it's a continued effort to be careful about it. I think sometimes talking to to the extended team and letting them know that this is your working style and they don't need to be under pressure to respond back. I think is is often helpful. Mm-hmm. But I I think it's a this for me is the most difficult element um, in the in the current situation is to say that how do one protect myself from getting burnt out too much, guilty of sending emails at orders or things. 
And then how do you make sure that the expectation that you've got with the team is to say that they don't start feeling the pressure to say that, oh, some sent an email, the expectation to respond back in a certain amount of time or not. So I, it's it's always a fine balance. It's always a delicate balance. And it's always, you've got to be conscious and it's always got to be in your mind to be able to keep it at a point to say that when is excess is not excess. And it's, sometimes it's hard, to be honest. Yeah. Do you, have you noticed when you when you've been promoting that message, what 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 are the results been from your team? Do you feel like that has improved their performance, or you know what what is what have you sort of seen from that? Yeah, I think it's a it, again it it depends on individuals. I've seen some individuals who want to have flexibility to say that that in, and want to respond at different hours and then they do it and they still can work effectively. But then there are there are team members who have certainly felt the benefit of having a clearer understanding of how the expectations were and taking downtime was okay. They took downtime and became more productive about it. So it's a, it's a, it'll, it's a very people dependent. It's a very individual dependent on what drives them, what, what kind of Mm. where, where their brain space is at. And, and it changes. It's Mm. a person doesn't remain the same way every day, every day. Time in a few months, the situation changes and the people change. And you've got to make sure that you're continuously aware of the changes that are happening across mm-hmm. people's lives. Mm-hmm. That helps you become a better leader and a better integrator of the team. Yeah, no, I think so. And I, I've definitely seen it even from my side. I mean, I'm fully remote, but I've seen, you know, uh, the team itself, you know, when you when you do sort of, or when they feel like you care and, and sort of, uh, are kind of looking after their own interests as well. Obviously, the company performance and their performance as a team uh, is important. But at the same time, you, as a byproduct, they do do better because they know that you have their best interest in mind. But also, they they feel um, more inspired to actually give a hundred percent effort, right? Um, uh, every time. So, but no, listen, Puneet, this has been super fascinating, and I really appreciate your thoughts on 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 all things leadership, uh, so to speak. And, and there's definitely a lot of learnings from my side. Uh, from this conversation so thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and uh, yeah appreciate your time thank you joel it's been a pleasure and and good luck to you and your teams and i think you're a brilliant leader in that area as well thank you so much take care take care bye